So we're at the Blind Tiger, one of our local haunts, and we're here with Carol Stout of Stout's Brewery. Hi, Carol. Hi, how are you? Doing very well, thanks. Enjoying some good beer? Enjoying some good Stout's beer. Definitely. You're no stranger to the Blind Tiger. Absolutely. I've been here for over 20-some years. It's kind of one of my first accounts. Dave Broderick opened up with Scarlet Lady probably in 1988-1989, which is a long time. And I've been coming back at least a couple times a year just to pay homage to a wonderful guy who brought great beer into this area. So he was pretty much one of the first accounts in New York City for you? He was the first account, absolutely. And then he spread it out to some of his other, the Collins Bar, uh, his many other ventures that he's done. Uh, Just great small space, great beer, great food, good people, and, you know, good local beer, which is awesome. And Pennsylvania is local in New York. Not too far away. So Not when, too far away. when you first started out in Pennsylvania, were you primarily just local? And how, how long did it take you to expand, say, into Philadelphia and then up to New York? Well, well New York obviously in the 80s. To but. be honest with you, I wanted to be just in Berks and Lancaster County, but unfortunately, you know, no one understood craft beer, not even Sam Adams or Sierra Nevada. So Philadelphia became my first major market, if you will. And then just out of necessity... Uh, people call you up and say, hey, I'm doing this concept, so, you know, I'd like to have your beer here. So even though I want it to be really local, local, uh, you kind of have to go where uh, the heart is and where the taste is and where the someone like Dave Broderick is really just kind of have a, a good concept as far as craft beer and good food. And uh, you started out with German styles, and right. Bob and I are huge fans of German styles, and you've since expanded out to some other things, but I, I'm assuming that German styles are still your first love? They're still our passion, because our area is German-settled, if you will. We love the styles. I think, again, I wasn't into, I didn't know what craft beer was when I started brewing. It was about stepping people up from the Bud Miller cores and just having a little bit more flavor like the beers from Germany, especially Germany, because that's kind of our heritage. And why don't we make fresh lagers, pilsners at home, because they don't travel well. So that's kind of how we started out. Not thinking about pushing the envelope and doing all these experimental beers and non-traditional beers like everyone's doing now. Well, at the time, just to get good, fresh, local beer was hard to find. So it was pushing the envelope in a way. It was, yeah. But, you know, again... You know, being small, independent, we can push the envelope. We can do our traditional styles, and then we can also experiment and get the the herbs involved in the beer and the non-traditional ingredients involved, but still stay true to our heritage and making really a wonderful, good German-style Pilsner, a good German-style Kolsch, good Oktoberfest, which we're having Oktoberfest on draft right now. We are. In fact, yeah, the beers on draft, it's, an, it's a nice mix. There's several of your German styles, the Pilsner, Oktoberfest, uh, the Hefeweizen, Maybach. And then there's also your, is it 5025? 5025, which I can't take credit for that. My head brewer, Brett Kinzer, who's been with me for 18 years, started as a kegger, if you will. He did a special beer for our 50th anniversary of the restaurant, 25 years of the brewery, and it was pushing the envelope because, again, adding some bread 
Saccharomyces and putting something in a barrel age and over two and a half years, and it turned out to be brilliant. So everyone call or email Brett and say, do it again. And then there's also the uh, single hop series. I think they have number two on. Right. We decided, again, We always you always have to be fresh. The consumer now wants, what are you doing new? So we decided to do a special IPA series and do a single hop edition four times a year. And then the consumers vote on which is their favorite. Then next year it'll go into 12 ounce and permanent draft for a while. Great. And any other new beers that you have coming along that you'd like to share with us? Well, um, you know what? You'll probably just have to come to Adamstown and check on what we're doing. That's all right. We can go to Adamstown. Go to Adamstown and figure it out. But no, we are coming up with a few ideas. Again, the uh, inspiration comes from not just our brewers, but from our sales team and just kind of our customers. Like, what do you really want? Probably it won't be extra alcohol. We as a company are into basically sessionability beers, beers that you can drink one or two of, and but still have a lot of flavor. We enjoy those. Right. Speaking of Adamstown, it's a wonderful little collection of things you've got going on. You don't just have the brewery, you've got the antiques, you've got pretty much we like have, a whole self-sufficient little village. Well, we have uh, three types of fermentation. We have, of course, the beer. We have our bread. We have a 100-year-old yeast, and my daughter Elizabeth makes the bread, uh, about 12 different kinds, hand rolls every one of them, and now she's into cheese. So uh, the only thing we're missing is the wine, but I think we'll be okay with the three types that we have now. We could also get in some pickles and some sauerkraut. Yes, we could. Yeah, sounds good. Yes, kimchi, another type of fermentation. Well, thank you, Carol, for taking the time to talk to us. Now we'll go enjoy some more of your beers. My pleasure, and come to the Blind Tiger.